Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 10 now. Congratulations, guys, we made it to 10 episodes. Uh, Episode number 10 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, back again. We have a little bit of a change in our lineup tonight. You have uh, your co-host Peter, Max is here. Jay sadly couldn't be here with us today. We're uh, we're sending prayers for studying for exams, but in his stead, we have a longtime radio personality. I'll, I'll let him introduce himself. What is up, guys? My name is Alex. You've heard me referred to before as Big Al from the Dynasty Monarchy. I am the Debo Samuel fan. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> to be here. Thanks for having me on. I needed to be on and uh, reclaim and defend my man Debo from the unjust harassment. And I'm glad that he's balling out like he he's a he's a competitor. He's an athlete. He's my man, so I'm happy to be here. Wow. Well, we won't, we'll save the Debo talk for later, I'm sure, Big Al. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got a whole list, whole oh, list of things I got to say. I can at least admit when I'm wrong. And you know what? I was wrong, Big Al. Uh, but Big Thank Al you. is also known for his stint on a very popular, I think it was Radio 1851's highest rated show ever. He was like kind of the guest character that came on in season one and then the audience wanted more of him. So he kind of stuck around. He's kind of like Fonzie, like that, uh, the rock jocks out of radio 1851. Uh, we got two out of the three rock jocks here with us today. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, man. We, we had a radio show in college, me, Alex and our friend Noah, and it started off just as Noah and I doing it. And big Al, like you said, Peter, he was the guest that just stayed on and, you can never shake him, you know, just saw him by the radio sign every, every Tuesday, he'd be there and we'd just pick him up and be like, all right, you can come on the show. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, I would stand outside the studio with a sign and said, please help me. I just want to be on a radio show. And no one Max just had the generosity to bring me up every day. You know, I'm so grateful for them and their, and their love. And it just, <laughs> no, it was great. I love Rock Jocks and I'm still happy to be here. It's, it's weird doing it now with the podcast, but super excited. Yeah, two more points of digression before we get into the podcast today. We are still touching all three coasts, so I'm out here on the East Coast. We have Max holding it down in the Midwest, and then Big Al's out there in Portland right now on his own journey. Uh, the once another Cleveland boy that has found his way out west. Yeah, me and Jace holding it down out here. Lost Jesuit Warriors only. Jason and I are actually on the same baseball team, too. Who would have thought from that moment to this one? Uh, And one more point before we get into the show, I wanted to shout out a couple guys from our listener league who gave the Dynasty Monarchs a lot of great uh, heartwarming, like reviews, kind of feedback advice this past week. Mike Sikin and Armchair, Armchair Quarterback, you guys are incredible, completely – unwarranted they just asked uh not asked they just told us that they love the show and that they use it all the time and you know it's it's little stuff like that that helps us push through our week and uh get more get more news out there for you and wake up with a smile on our face so thanks guys and we're looking forward to helping you guys uh 
get your dynasty teams in the right direction. Yeah. And wait, before you move on here, Peter, I just want to say like, thank you to them too. Like, I don't know. There was that one night and they just like gave us those like feedbacks and everything. It was just so like nice to see that like our show, like to us, it's just like a Tuesday night thing that we do and we get to talk fantasy football and like we have fun with it. And obviously we want to take it to the next level, but to like hear that, like we're like in the rotation of like podcasts that they listen to and everything. It's like, to me, it's something really cool. And even if those are the only two people out there that listen, I mean, I will keep doing this for them for the rest of my life. I mean, I think it's just so cool to, talk fantasy football and that people like actually listen to us. So I appreciate you guys. And if anyone else listens or writes his reviews, thank you for that as well. Listen, Sonny, Odell Beckham was great in his day. Oh, that's going to be you. Oh, that's going to be you. After the week he had. Doing this for, oh, I will not eat my words on him. But we're going to get into the show. We have boom bust of the week again. We have reports from around the realm. We have our mortal locks of the week. And we have a guest for quote from a fellow monarch the guy's gonna share some an inspirational quote and try to launch us forward into our fantasy week that way uh before you get started did want to say give us a rating on apple pod follow us apple pod spotify wherever you get your podcast give us a follow twitter is at dynasty monarchy d-y-n-a-s-t-y-m-o-n-a-r-c-h-y i think i got that right i hope so oh can you imagine everybody else is following the wrong Twitter page? Maybe that's why we're a little low on our numbers. Hey, you know, any numbers are better than no numbers, Peter. This is true. Welcome right. to the Spelling Bee Monarchy here. <laughs> Dynasty Spelling Bee, uh, presented by Big Al out in Portland. I would do oh, no, very misspell the first word. Yeah, Max would do very bad. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into our reports from around the realm section. Uh, in our first uh, report, our Raven Squirrel came in, and when it rains, it really pours, especially for the Cleveland natives in the call. The Browns are down not one, but two top 24 running backs for their Thursday night matchup against the Broncos and their number four run defense this, in the league. Will there be a boom-bust ability for Feltner Johnson this week? And for context, everybody, Booker went – for 1.3 points, Robinson, 4.4, Michael Carter, 4.9, Latavius Murray, 11.9, Najee, 20.2, and then Jacobs and Drake both combined for over 25, uh, actually over 35 points combined. So it looks like there's a little bit of ability here. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos are known for having, like, one of the best defenses in the league. I feel like they have a solid secondary, a great defensive line with uh, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, um, they know how to stop the run for sure. And I mean, you touched on Felton and Dearness Johnson. I mean, the show's coming out on a Wednesday. So like waivers will already be put through and those guys I'm sure on every dynasty roster should be rostered or picked up this week. Um, but I, I personally probably wouldn't start any of them um, or either of them. I should say, I just feel like starting a guy on Thursday night, like it could really set the tone off for the week, like in such a good way, but it could also set it off in such a bad way. Like if you start Dearness Johnson, he gets four points. Like, that's your running back one or two slot getting four points for the week. And it's just, it's not a good thing that you want to start off the week doing. And I'd rather just, especially versus that defense, stay clear of those guys for this week. Big Al, how about you? I would agree. I think it's also important to look at who the Broncos were playing the first three weeks. I mean, they played the, the Jaguars. They didn't play like too good of team. But then when you look at the Steelers with Najee Harris, he put up 20.2 points. I mean, that is just something you really have to take into account because the Broncos, 
their offense and defense were both clicking the first three games. They're 3-0, and and it was easy competition, easy running backs to defend. But then the last three weeks, especially when you look at Josh Jacobs and Kenny Drake did to them this past weekend, I mean, you have to consider who they are playing. And the Broncos' defense, at least right now, is, is extremely struggling, and they haven't been able to win, and the Raiders just took it to them on a defense that has been said coming into the season this was going to be a great team and a great defense. But – I don't know. I don't really trust, despite all of those things, and the Broncos really struggling, I don't trust the Browns' backups right now. If it was Chubb, if it was Kareem Hunt, 100%, you play them against a struggling defense, but with the two guys, with Felton and Johnson, no thank you, I'm, I'm staying away. Yeah, I'm going to stay away as well, Big Al. Something I do want to note, the, the defense played incredibly well those first three weeks, and then they had like a kind of average week against the Ravens, but an average week against the Ravens is incredible uh, with the amount that they run the ball. So Lamar was held at 28 total yards rushing, uh, seven attempts for 28 yards, uh, and Latavius Murray only had 12 points, in, and both these numbers are in half-point PPR, not that Lamar Jackson's catching the ball. But uh, both of those guys put up like, kind of dud performances on the ground. Uh, and then Najee comes out and booms, and then Jacobs and Drake come out, and two-headed monster go nuts this week. I feel like if we're following the trend, it looks like running backs are going to be more productive. I would be fine starting them in a, you know, like desperation, like if you're in like one of those like five flex dynasty leagues or like something where there's just very low – uh, there's a low consequence, low consequences for you starting one of these guys, but who knows, maybe they'll find a, uh, a diamond in the rough there. Yeah. I mean, you said five, I mean, you don't want to start them in your flex on a Thursday night. That's something that you have to be careful for get those guys out of your flexes for Thursday night. Um, but what you should do is, I mean, like you said, like there's a lot of bye weeks this week. Um, a lot of good teams are on by this week and you're missing a lot of those top tier running backs. So if you're struggling, like, yeah, I guess you could play them. But to me, it's just like, I don't want to start my week off with like a dud performance on Thursday night. It's just not how I want to put my right foot forward, you know? The other thing I will add, though, I think the, the Browns passing offense with, with Baker Mayfield has been struggling. I mean, Peoples Jones went off this weekend. I mean, he, he balled out. But a lot of what he caught in his fantasy performance was that Hail Mary. Yeah. The end of the yeah. second half or the end of first half. I'm sorry. So even though that the Broncos have been struggling on defense and these are backup running backs to Felton and Johnson, I think that just given the nature of the Browns offense, how they want to run the ball and the passing offense has been struggling, especially with Odell and not having Jarvis. I really think that these guys could provide a little bit of a boost. And if you are in a bye week, I think don't flex them because like Max is saying, you don't want to flex someone on Thursday, but put them in your running back two slot and see what happens. I think that this is a good bet to put on the Browns offense who are going to run the ball and they have a good offensive line. All right. We have a lot of opinions where it's yes and no, you know, X, Y, Z. I want a yes or a no. Are you starting from everyone here? I will go with no. I will go with no as well. I will go with yes if you need to. If your team context says you need to start a running back because your guys are on buys, if you have Najee, if you have, I don't know, Singletary as your running back too, I say yes Zeke. if you start. No, if you don't. Go ahead, Peter. No, I was saying Zeke's, Zeke's on a buy too. And then Tony Pollard as well, who's startable. So just a lot exactly. of these guys that are startable are 
they're on by. So we got to find talent where it is. All right. Moving to the aforementioned Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we have another scroll coming in saying that Dakota Prescott, after putting up a, a pretty huge performance against the Patriots on the road in Foxborough in front of a national audience, it is very sad to hear that he finds himself in a boot and is going to be in it for a considerable amount of time, time not disclosed yet. Uh, all the reports have seemed like it's not going to be a serious deal, but Dak is going to get another MRI. I believe this is his fourth of the year, and it is only week seven now. Uh, are you guys, in a, especially in a dynasty format, any kind of panic selling on Dak? You know, he's played so well, plus this bye week. Do you think that there's any kind of panic selling to get equivalent talent or a little bit less talent considering the bye? Um, I mean, bye weeks are always tough. I feel like it depends on where you sit um, as a team. Like if you're four and oh, or, or not four and oh, maybe there's six weeks, but four and two, five and one, six and oh. Um, but it's it's tough to sell Dak, um, especially in like a super flex format. Um, I mean, he is a top four quarterback, probably in a dynasty perspective and competitor. I mean, he's just those weapons that he has and like his age and his rushing upside too. Like he's just so good overall. And like, you could honestly make an argument that he's probably like, I mean, like you could put any, like it really depends on like who you like out of Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. He's five. I feel like I can't sit him top four. I feel like Lamar's got to be in the top four. I don't know. It's, it's tough just for Lamar because I feel like he's one injury away, but I, I just think you can't be selling decks like low on a bye week or anything. Like you have to get your value for him. And it really depends like where you're at. Like if you're going for like a rebuild and like you have Dak and a competitor is willing to overpay, like obviously take that up on it, but just watch, make sure you know your windows, you know? Knowing your window is key, I think as well, but right now, no, I mean, there's been no report just because he's walking a boot doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong. I mean, yes, there's something wrong, but nothing serious. Maybe he's just trying to keep pressure off the ankle and he's got a whole week to recover guys in the NFL, I mean, yeah. they recover from crazy things. How many times have you seen Big Ben in a boot? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Dak is, he's tough. He's, you know, he's suffered that injury, devastating ankle injury last year. And I think they're just taking precautions right now because they don't want it to happen again. So right now, I don't think you panic. I think you just hold on to him, see what happens, you know, and then later, maybe two weeks from now when he's coming back and you actually get a better idea of what he's going through, then you can start thinking about trading him and seeing what you can get. But right now, hold him, just rat it out because he is playing at another level. All the Monarchs are in a greens. So now we're going to be moving into our boom bust segment. Uh, Jace has, isn't able to be here today, sadly, uh, but he did the polite and kind thing of still giving out fantasy information to all of those people that look for it every, every single day, especially on Twitter. He's extremely active over there. Uh, but he gave us his boom, his bust, and he also was able to give us his mortal lock. So those will come later. But for now, we're going to start off with everybody's boom of the week. And I'm going to read Jace's first. Uh, so Jace said Cortland Sutton, his boom of the week, 14 targets, eight receptions, 92 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he said, if I have Cortland Sutton, I'm looking to sell high right now. If you have the opportunity, I would hundred percent flip Sutton for Jerry Judy. Oh no. The Jerry Judy conversations begin again. What do you guys think about that? 
Um, I think it's a very valid point, and I think Jerry Judy is a tremendous talent. Obviously, he was the first-round draft pick, and what he did in week one when he was healthy and out there was definitely like something to like watch out for, and he's a lot younger than Sutton. Um, but I feel like Sutton has that developed that chemistry and that rapport with Teddy Bridgewater, and has, especially these past two weeks has been that go-to target. So I really think Cortland Sutton, he's only 25, and he's like more of like an alpha receiver build-wise. So I feel like if you can get him, like I have no issue with him or Judy. I love them both, but honestly, like I'd rather have Sutton. So, I mean, I think you could sell him really high right now, but he's also going to be a free agent soon. He's got that alpha build. Like I love me some Cortland Sutton. I couldn't agree more, Max. I mean, Cortland Sutton, he's six, four. He's the best red zone threat. I mean, you have Noah Fant there too, but Cortland Sutton's just different. He kind of reminds me like that Kenny Galladay, um, like Julio Jones build where he can jump up and catch those contested balls. And then he's athletic and he gets his yards after the catch. I mean, he's just a great, great athlete, but I don't think turning him into Jerry Judy or trying to flip him for Jerry Judy, I think is a good trade if your team needs it. But at the same time, I think when Jerry Judy comes back, it's going to actually make Cortland Sutton more open because he's going to get less double teams, going to get less attention from the defense and actually open up his route tree more. Because look at Julio and Calvin Ridley when they're on the same team together. Calvin Ridley balled out. And they both are just, when you have two complementary receivers, complementary receivers, they play so much better and they have more opportunity for each other. And they just create an off-balance, different look for the defense. So I think when Jerry Judy comes back, Quentin Sun actually will play much better. I... I know you two are leaning more towards the side of Sutton. I'm going to lean more towards the side of Jerry Judy with uh, Jace. In the games where Judy played, I believe it was just week one, Judy looked like an absolute G. He looked like an alpha out there, and Sutton was nowhere to be seen for the most part until Judy got hurt. Uh, I think that that he will inevitably be the number one wide receiver, he being Jerry Judy. and now I think is the best time to sell Cortland Sutton. Jace also puts in here uh, that Sutton has been booming without Judy, but with some of those targets fading away to Judy over the next couple of weeks, uh, he thinks it might, you know, kind of teeter off from, and then beyond that, he says a lot of the big plays that are making Sutton's weak, big plays and touchdowns are all from garbage time too. Uh, I know I don't watch particularly, particularly watch a lot of Broncos games. Uh, I only catch them on red zone, but you know, it looks like Jace is putting in the extra hours looking at times and, and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I, say, I agree when they're sorry, Max, but when they were playing the Raiders, th- that last, I think half of the fourth quarter, they were just throwing the ball. I mean, they had to try and catch up because the Raiders really took it to them. So I would agree. I think Cortland Sutton came his receptions and his mostly his receptions and targets came from that garbage time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you said, they were throwing the ball out there. And then Jace also adds um, players he would trade Sutton for. Uh, Devonta Smith, if you can get him straight up for Sutton. Um, T. Higgins, you could try that one because T's been a little quiet recently. Um, and then he goes with some running backs with Tony Pollard plus and A.J. Dillon plus. And then he also thinks he can get Chase Claypool plus. And that kind of leads us into our Jace's bust of the week. Are we going to do that now? Yeah, we'll, we'll run through Jace's stuff now. Yeah, and then so- we can get into ours later. Yeah, so Jace's boss of the week is Chase Claypool, and uh, he had seven targets, only two catches for 17 yards, and Jace puts in parentheses here, bye, bye, bye. He says Juju's out for the season will be a free agent after the season. Uh, he wasn't a big a fan of Claypool's this offseason because of how high other people were drafting him, um, but his value is so low right now. He's six foot four, 235 pounds, 23 years old, 
And like with a new quarterback next year, obviously coming off a big band, like he's only got a couple days left, maybe of playing football. I mean, the guy is so old. Um, he looked terrible. He looked terrible on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, a Sunday night. He looked terrible. Oh, Sunday night, Sunday night. But like, I feel like they can get Watson this offseason or Rodgers or anything. And Jay says that they have a bye this week. And then he has faith Tomlin will readjust his scheme to get Claypool the ball in his hands. I, I really couldn't agree more with it, everything that Jace is saying here. I feel like Claypool is so young. And he was one of those receivers that everyone thought that was going to make the big leap this year, but just hasn't right now. And it's kind of been sad because Juju's been out and like Deontay Johnson just gets the ball like every target, basically, it feels like over there. And him or Najee Harris. Yeah. But I think go buy low on Clay's shape. Clay's Chapel. Clay's Chase Pool. I can't even. That's talk. a new name. Clay's Chapel. Clay's Chapel. I like it. But uh, Clay Chapel. I can't even. Ooh. Clay Chapel. What's his name, man? Take a breath. You can do it. Let's see. His name is Chase Claypool. Now again, be, again. All right, one more time. One more time for the listeners out there. Chase Claypool. There I'd it be is. buying very low on Chase Claypool. Uh, the sky is the limit for him. Max, you really think Deshaun Watson's going to go next year? I, I think him or Rodgers. I don't think the Steelers. They're not a. They're not a franchise that wants to sit in mediocrity. That they, they want to go out and make the big splash. I mean, they are going to go out and get their quarterback, whoever that is. They got to figure something out. I, they just – I'm sorry for any Simba lovers out there or any any Mason Rudolph truthers, Duck Hodges, whoever's out there, they are not going to be the starting quarterback next year. No. They're going to go out and get – no, Mason Rudolph shouldn't even be on the NFL team. Miles Smollett doesn't think so. Huh. Rudolph. Rudolph's the red nose ranger. You got to lead the way. Mason glows bright. <laughs> No, Big Al. We can't encourage this behavior. This is true. Question freak. So would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers as your um as I think both options. I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. I think from a fancy perspective, we can see we see what he did with uh Devontae Adams and like who he can sustain there. Um I think for them to get Rodgers, though, I feel like they'd have to up their offensive line a lot because he likes that protection and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Watson going there is a good possibility. I just don't think they're a franchise that's going to sit in mediocrity, and Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, so I think they'll go out and get a big name. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% certain if Watson would find his way there. Uh, just knowing the owners, the Rooney family, they're very uh, high on integrity uh, of, the, of the players, and I know Ben Roethlisberger went through his own thing, but he was already a stealer when that happened. So I don't know if that's their kind of vibe to bring in a situation like that. Uh, but if they do, you know, chase Claypool to the moon because I know Deshaun's not going to be dinking and dunking to Deontay Johnson all game. Yeah, Deshaun likes to take the deep ball. Will Fuller. This is all purely hypothetical. If Rodgers were to go, would Devontae Adams follow him? Would Devontae Adams follow Rodgers? I'd have to say yes. They'd figure something out. Yeah, I don't know. I think he'd want to, obviously. Um, but I also feel like Devontae could go to Vegas and play with their car because they're, like, really good friends. So, I don't know. I think Devontae wants to play with Rodgers, but also wants to prove kind of that he can do it on his own. All right. We're going to get into our own booms. Uh, and I'll let Big Al actually start off with it. So, Big Al, off to you. My boom of the week. AKA the king, 
Derek Henry himself, a fellow monarch, one could say, to this podcast. <laughs> he has been on an absolute tear. And I just want to read the stats that he had against the Buffalo Bills. He had 20 carries for 143 yards, three rushing touchdowns, and then two receptions for 13 yards, which equals, in half-point PPR, 34.6 points. And I'd like to point out that the Buffalo Bills defense currently, or coming into this week, was the number one fantasy defense. They had shut out the Houston Texans and Miami Dolphins. They had only allowed 295 rushing yards through five games. Wow. The Browns are second. And actually, they didn't even allow over 100 points. They allowed 98 points through six weeks. It isn't including the Texans or the, the Titans game. And then the Browns were at 151 points, coming in a second lowest point. Just think about that. They didn't allow over 300 rushing yards, and they didn't allow over 100 points through six weeks. And then Derrick Henry comes in and rushes for over 140 yards and three touchdowns. Talk about a boom. Now, he completely abolished this team. He ran the ball up the middle. I think his first touchdown went for 60 or 70 yards. He ran right through the middle of the defense. It was insane. He bounced off his own lineman and then just kept running, and no one could catch him. I didn't expect to see a 6'4", 250-plus-pound running back run through people like that and be that fast. It was incredible, and he's my boom for this week. Well, Big Al, with, with all that Derrick Henry love, are you looking to touch him in Dynasty? That's the, this is, it's the age old question. You know, the more we watch, the less we believe. It's true. Big I know. You got, Go you got to talk me off. You got to talk me off a ledge here. Cause I'm scared of Derrick Henry. I think that he's one tweak of the bone away or one. I, I just feel like the cliff is so near, but yet he continues to prove me wrong. So to, to tell the listeners, tell, obviously if you're like in more of a rebuild, you're not going to go out and try to acquire Derrick Henry, but if you have Derrick Henry, as like a rebuild, I you could go sell him to a competitor for an arm, a leg, and a toenail. Like probably three so first on. rounds plus three first plus a player at this point. To be honest, it's know. maybe I don't know. That's a I, lot. Max, it, if, if, if CD Lamb goes for three firsts, this man should go for three first plus. I don't know about that. Peter, he's twenty. He's a twenty-eight year old running back. Twenty-seven. He's turning twenty-eight in January. Yeah, but man, like. I, I'm telling you, big guy, we'll get right back to you. I'm sorry. This man, the less, like the more I watch, the less I believe that it's possible. Like he, he's, he, he, I look at Christian McCaffrey's numbers and they're great, but McCaffrey don't look like that. McCaffrey does not look like that out there. You want to talk about a guy who's one tweak away from fantasy irrelevance? I really think it's McCaffrey and not Derrick Henry. So what would you feel comfortable paying, Peter? If I'm a competitor, I think a steal, an absolute steal, is two firsts plus something. Like two firsts plus Antonio Brown. Or like two firsts plus. Yes. You're trading old talent for old talent, Peter? No, but I'm just saying a wide receiver that's like equivalent of value, like like a Corey Davis or something like that. I don't know. I would even trade Derrick Henry for picks. I would trade him for people. If I'm selling, okay, if I'm rebuilding right now and I have Derrick Henry on my team and I have no shot of winning, then you could sell, here we go, a King's Ransom for him, okay? 
you could get Saquon Barkley or Najee Harris, who are two young studs, plus something else, plus a receiver. I, I doubt. I doubt you get Najee plus from anybody. To, if someone no, if you sell him to someone who is trying to win a competitor, you could for sure get that. Yes, right, you could. could you give up Najee plus? I don't know. I I wouldn't give up Najee plus personally for Derrick Henry. I feel like Najee. We talk about running backs. Najee's number three in PPR right now, number five in standard, and he's only 23 years old. So four years younger, plus all the tread on the tires. Like, I don't know. Derrick Henry, he's a scary, a scary man in real life in fantasy. But I mean, I don't want to run into him on Halloween. No, 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 you don't. <laughs> but it's also it's scary to touch him. Like, not not uh we're not gonna touch Derrick Henry on the show, but um um <laughs> I would just just be careful. Just be careful with Derrick Henry. Yes. You get Barkley though. Barkley's been hurt. He's been I doubt shoveling. You, you could get totally Barkley. Get you could get Barkley. I think you can get Barkley for Derrick Henry. You could get Barkley. It depends on the holder, not Nick C. Not Nick C, but you could get him from other people. All right. We're gonna move on to Max's boom of the week. Yeah, so my boom of the week is another running back that when I was thinking of Derrick Henry and who I would sell him for and who I would try to go out and pay for Derrick Henry, it was actually this player that came to my mind first, uh, and that's Joe Mixon. He had 23.8 points um, in half-point PPR, and he looks just like a machine out there. In the passing game, I mean, I get they killed the Lions 31-11 to or whatever they put up, but, I mean, Joe Mixon, I feel like we always talk about how he's made of glass and everything like that. And everyone's like, oh, Joe Mixon's one injury away. Honestly, when you think about it, like anyone's one injury away from never playing football again. Like that's just the name of the game. And that's what they sign up for. I mean, you tear your Achilles, you're not going to come back the same. And that's just like a fact. You know, that's why touching Cam Akers is so – I got to stop touching players. But getting Cam Akers is just – it's Acquiring uh, the young running back named yeah. Cameron Akers. Yeah, acquiring Cam Akers is scary for me personally. But Joe Mixon, he – Made a glass is the narrative on him. But this year he's been pretty durable. He missed, what, one game there? Yeah, I believe it was just one game. Uh, and then the next game he was on a snap count, but still put up a really good fantasy performance. Yeah, I mean, he's 25, so he's obviously getting up there. But he had a great week that last past week. And he's got the Baltimore Ravens, who haven't been that great versus the run, and then the Jets the following week. So when he's playing, he's scoring touchdowns most games. I mean, he has a touchdown in one, two, three, four games this year out of six. So. I, I would be trying to get him um, wherever I can, and I feel like he's not that uh, not that expensive. I definitely think people are scared of Joe Mixon. I know I am because he's just such a glass cannon. He can explode for one week, but then the next week he's hurt, and then he's done for the season. It's crazy. It seems like it happens every single year. But, I mean, if you're willing to take that risk, if you have someone like Derrick Henry, you go and get Joe Mixon plus somebody, plus a good receiver, plus a top receiver, or get two first-round picks and Joe Mixon. I mean, that's a, that's a steal. You know, if you're trying to rebuild, I definitely would do that for Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, I love Joe Mixon. He was Joe Mix on this week, not Joe Mix off. He was Joe Mix on uh, because he has his Joe Mix off weeks. He really does. But no, Mixon looked great. Uh, I feel like Cincinnati's on the verge of not being a poverty franchise anymore. And when that happens, usually the running back position, you know, outside of the Chiefs and the Bills, you know, the running back's going to put up fantasy relevant value. You think about all the great teams in the NFL. There's only, there's literally two teams where the running back really doesn't put up a lot of fantasy value. So I, I think Joe Mixon is 100% buy right now. 
and his value is very cheap if you want to take the risk, if you want to take the injury risk, as as some might say. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, when in life, it's all about if you want to take the risk and go for it. I mean, you always should take the risk, take the next step, take the leap of faith. But I think Joe Mixon, if you can get him at a good deal, he can really be good for this year. Or even if, like, I know Peter in Dynasty, he's more of like a win this year maybe, but he's really going for next year and beyond. So I think Joe Mixon fits that window perfectly. Thanks for the idea. I'm going to go get him now. If I'm, if I'm holding Joe Mixon, though, and he just scores 23.8, and I'm dynasty owner of him, I try and sell him. I try and sell him high because could, this could be a good window of selling him high as well, Max. It could be. It's all about the windows. But I, I like his upcoming matchups versus the Jets and the Ravens and even the bye week. And like Peter said, that offense is starting to get there where it's clicking and they have T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase has looked great. Um, so I think he's ready to take the next step with that offense. And he's definitely a focal point in that offense. Absolutely. Any last points before we move on to my, my boom? No, sir. Potato boy. Jace isn't here. I said, it's too bad. Jace isn't here. So we could talk about Jamar Chase and how he said fate Chase. I didn't draft Jamar Chase because I was listening to this podcast and I regret it. Hey, in Dynasty, we like Jamar Chase in Dynasty. Yeah. Oh, you like him now? We said that. We said that in the pod. We were very anti-Jamar Chase fantasy relevance this year. We were. And you know what? We were proven us wrong. We were wrong, wrong, but we did say in a Dynasty perspective, Jamar Chase would be incredible. He needed more than a year. And it was never never about fading Chase in the way. And I'm not trying to move the goalposts here. We always we we always said that we liked him, but not for his fantasy value where he was being drafted. Yes. Where he was being drafted was too high. Uh, in like I think it was like the mid second or like early third in dynasty startups, which was just way too much capital on a guy who hadn't played a snap in over two years. Hundred percent fair. All right. But, so what bigger? No, I was, I was gonna say that's fair. But the people who drafted him at that spot are saying, "Told you so." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Moving into my boom of the week. It is the slime boy, Mr. CD lamb. I love his first down celebration where he puts his finger like over his nose and points for the first down. One of my favorites. Uh, CD lamb. Uh, what a performance literally saved me in one of my, uh, one of my weeks. So I'm going to pull up his stat. So CD went 11 targets for nine receptions, 149 yards, and two touchdowns with a rush thrown in there as well for two yards. CD looked incredible, and it pains me to say this, but he is not going to put up this performance every single week. He probably won't put up another performance like this all year just because of the nature of the offense that they got in Dallas. They want to run the ball. They want to throw it to those tight ends and get every single fantasy owner extremely upset. So, Relish just while you have it now, uh, going into the bye, all that we can hope is that Mike McCarthy realizes that CeeDee Lamb is an incredible young talent and is going to try to push him to be more vital in the offense. So CeeDee Lamb, I feel like this is your last opportunity really to buy him at like his lowest value. I think after the bye week one, no one's going to sell him. And I think that offense is going to realize what they have in CeeDee Lamb. Amari Cooper's getting older as it goes on. Zeke's looking slow some games, some games he's looking great, but I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be the focal point of that offense. So I'd be trying to go out and acquire him for whatever it takes right now. I think right now he's going to be extremely expensive just based off of this performance. And I think it's going to be even harder now. If you wanted to buy him, I think you're a week too late. 
and it is a bye week now. So I guess you can see what the team needs, who has them, whoever has them, if they have a winning record or they, what do they need right now? And you can try and buy, but definitely worth intriguing or messaging the guy and seeing what you can get for him or if he's willing to sell. But at the same time, if you have him, and there are a lot of mouths to feed in Dallas, if you have him, you can try and sell him. So really quick, I'm going to give a couple potential trade opportunities for Mr. Lamb. Now everything is obviously context dependent, but we're just going to do value, just straight up value. Okay. Would you do it or not? Devante. I'd rather have Devante. Okay. In a dynasty format, you'd rather have Devante. Correct. Okay. DK Metcalf. No. No what, Big L? No, I'd rather have CD. I would probably rather have DK. Cooper Cup. CD Lamb. CD. Cooper's old. All right. And I'm going to let you guys throw one more each. Uh, I'll do Justin Jefferson or CD Lamb. I think that's a good one. Give me J. Jeff. I can't knock Justin Jefferson's consistency. Give me J. Jeff. Big L. A healthy A.J. Brown. Give me CD. Yuck. Not the way Ryan Tannehill is looking. I'll take it. I'll take AJ Brown. I think really a, a healthy AJ Brown. I, I think, yeah, I'll take an AJ Brown. All right. Wow. And you know, for anybody out there that's listening right now, that is literally the definition of dynasty fantasy football. All of us have different opinions on certain players. And it is insane to me that Max would rather have AJ Brown, but you know what? The owners in your league are going to have different opinions and it's going to shock you, but you got to find a way to compromise on those different opinions and not call them wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's really no wrong answer and only time will tell with it. I mean, CD lamb could, if he puts up 35 points every week and continues to do that for the next 10 years, then obviously it's going to be CD lamb over all those guys, but it's with moderation and it's with that offense. Just those guys, some of those guys scare me in that offense. All right. We're going to get Oh, sorry. Big One thing. Going back to your point about opinions and everyone thinking of players differently. If you're, this is a textbook trade thing and Max can attest to this. The best way to trade for people is to figure out people's opinions about these players and who they like and their interests. And then you go and make trades and deals for them. Like Driscoll. Driscoll in our league loves the Steelers. And it's a great trading Steelers players to him and Steelers defenses to him because he'll overpay for everything. So it's just something you got to keep in mind. It's fun to really think about and get people's opinions. Drizzy Drisk. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you, Big Al. Like, you have to know your league, and that's that's what we, like, at the Dynasty Monarchy, we try to, like, form a community with our league mates. We want to get to know them, not only for trading and making trading easier, but we want to have a fun, competitive league, and I think that starts with knowing your league. And, I mean, we want you guys to rule your league here at the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. So that's what we're trying to help you do, and I feel like in order to do that, you really have to know your league and know if they have biases or if, like, even some people's names, like, have, like, team names. So, like, maybe they like the Vikings and their names, like, Skull or something, like, so you just got to look out for that. Shout out Trey. Yeah, shout out to Trey. But you never know who they like. And like you said, Big Al, it makes trading a lot easier when you know what people like and what they don't like. All right. We're going to get into busts now. I am starting off with a very disappointing, and I'd say even it's more scary than disappointing. Uh, one, I have Antonio Gibson here as a bust. He put up 3.7 points. 10 rushing attempts, 44 yards. Uh, and then he had three, rece- two receptions for three yards. Uh, I am just very scared about his shin injury. I am extremely scared that J.D. McKissick looks quicker than him on the field. 
and I just don't know what to do. And I am an Antonio Gibson owner. So I would like some advice. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there right now that are listening that are Antonio Gibson owners. I mean, I hope there's thousands of Antonio Gibson owners out there, but uh, I think you just need to be patient. I think patience is key in life. And I feel like this week he had that shin injury. They didn't play well versus the Chiefs. It wasn't in the game script to give him the ball, really. It was more in the game script to give J.D. McKissick the ball, and that's why he looked so good this week, because they played the Chiefs, and that defense is very good. And They knew they had to throw the ball to win the game. But Antonio Gibson, you have to remember, Peter, and anyone else that owns Antonio Gibson out there, like this is only his second year playing running back, so the position's still relatively new for him. And he's still learning as the year goes on, and he's got Ron Rivera, and he's trying to learn that offense. And they haven't really had everyone healthy with Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Fitzpatrick, everyone, Logan Thomas. Like, There's always been an injury on that offense. And now it's Gibson. So just the timing's unlucky, but I would just say be patient with Antonio Gibson and try to buy him low right now if you can. But even, Max, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. But we came into this year expecting Gibson to be a three-down back. He can run the ball, but he can also catch because he's been a receiver his entire career playing football until, like you were talking about, the past two years. So why is it that J.D. McKissick is getting all of the targets out of the backfield? Why is he getting eight receptions from last game and a total of 15 points? And half point PPR. Why is it not Gibson? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's tough to see. And then when you look at Gibson's snap percentages, it's it's honestly kind of concerning to me. I've never really looked into these. Um, 65%, 61, 57, 55, 57, 39. So the guy's only playing about half the snaps, and yet he's still running back 16. So you have to take that into context. And it's like, when will Ron Rivera actually see what he has in this guy that can catch the ball, that can run the ball, and just give him the full workload that he needs? Maybe he'll never see it, and he'll never be this fantasy running back that we want him to be. Um, I was huge on Antonio Gibson this offseason. and still am pretty big on Antonio Gibson. Um, but I need that snap percentage to get up, and that's a little concerning right now to me, especially with the shin injury and not getting passing game work. And who knows? Maybe there is something behind the scenes right now that Rivera and the general managers are looking at and saying, we don't really want him to play because maybe there's, he has an injury, an ongoing lingering injury that we just don't know about that hasn't been released to the media or why else is JD McKissick getting so many touches? Well, big Al, I know, I know Portland, Oregon's out there in the boonies and I know you're, you're doing great work and not always uh, up on the news, but Antonio Gibson's leg is partially broken. It's been the entire year. Apparently. See, there's some things that, will factor into account. If you are a dynasty holder, you need to be patient with him, especially if you're rebuilding. And the fact that he's playing with this partially broken leg says a lot to his character and the type of player that he is. I think it's a hairline fracture, Max. What it, what it, what's the exact uh, injury? Sorry, my mouth didn't work there for a second. Oh, yeah, let, let me put my doctor <laughs> code on real quick. Oh, yeah. not, not quite sure on the exact injury, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'll, I'll have uh, him actually see a real uh, doctor to diagnose that one. But continue we'll, have him see, uh, we'll have him see our doctor friend, Meg. Shout out, Mario. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my favorite doctors in the making. But um, like you said, Big Al, it says a lot about his character. I mean, if I'm a dynasty guy, I want to go out and I want to get guys that will play through injury. I mean, obviously, I don't want it to be too like too serious or anything, but it says a lot about the character, the kind of people they are. So A.J. Brown had uh, – what did he have this past week, Alex? A.J. Brown had food poisoning, and he was actually up all Saturday night before the game because he was most likely getting rid of the food poisoning. So I think we I, all know what that Denzel, is. Denzel Mims had food poisoning. It took him out of training camp for three weeks. Yeah, A.J. Brown put up like 70 yards with food poisoning. So in one half of football, I mean, on a snap count as well. So 
I want to go get Kaiser. And had an end zone target, that which was just barely overthrown. Yeah, Tannehill needs to pick his game up, but we're not talking about Tannehill. Gibson, stay patient is my advice with Gibson. All right, we are going to move to Max's bust of the week. Yeah, so this is uh, actually a curveball that I was sitting here thinking about, and I'm changing paths a little bit here. And I really can't wait to talk about this guy. Um, and it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, he did not play this week, obviously. He's on IR. But we watched the Chiefs game, and Daryl Williams scored was mm. it two touchdowns. He looked really good out yeah, there. They're, they're giving him the goal line work. He's catching the ball. He's doing everything that Clyde should be doing. And it's so hard for me because I was so big on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, he was first on draft pick and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, like Clyde's going to come around. Like he's the Chiefs running back. He, Mahomes loves him, this, this, and that. And like he's been hurt. And Daryl Williams is getting goal line touches. He's catching the ball and scoring touchdowns. Everything Clyde hasn't been doing. And to me, it's just so frustrating. So it's like, where do you guys like? That's why he's my bust of the week. Like, I don't know if I even want to go buy Clyde Edwards Alaire. What do you guys think? Patience. Patience. This is, this is for any Clyde holders out there. Uh, I'm one of them. You wait until he comes back. He will have a string of two or three games where he looks great. And remember, you have to do the eye test, whether he actually looks great or the fantasy stat sheet looks great. If you do the eye test and he actually looks great, I would hold. If you do the fantasy stat sheet eye test and he doesn't look good that way, uh, look good on the field, but looks good on the sheets, ship him. And even if you're selling it a little baby bit of a loss at this moment in time, I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Peter. And I've never been a fan of Clyde. I know that everyone was high on him, especially Kevin Kukla, special guest Kevin Kukla, fellow king, fellow monarch, was high on him coming in, especially last year when he was a rookie. But I just, he's never impressed me in the eye test of watching him play, like Peter's talking about. I just, I never got a good feeling of watching him. Now, he's had some good games, but Daryl, whatever, Williams, there's too many D Williams in the league. His backup is playing just as well as he's playing. So to me, that says Clyde really isn't too relevant to the Chiefs' offense. They're still doing and playing at a fantastic level without him. So to me, I would try and trade him or at least hold on to him, like Peter's saying, wait for him to get like one or two good games in and then sell him high. Yeah, I think it's a bad time to trade Clyde right now, um, obviously being on IR and just he hasn't performed well this year. But I'm going to go through some names, and you guys tell me if you'd rather have Clyde or this name. This is my favorite game. I feel like we do this every other week. Uh, I wish you start doing it more often. I think it's pretty fun. So I think this first one's tough. Would you have, would you have Clyde or Leonard Fournette? Clyde. Fournette. Oh, my God, Big Al. I don't know. Fournette. In a dynasty league? Yeah. Fournette's 26, man. Okay. Um, Clyde or... Um, this is probably one of the toughest ones. Clyde or Josh Jacobs? You can't ask me that. That's unfair. I just did. Uh, give me Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Josh Look, Jacobs? It, it, really, two seconds. Uh, I know we're running a little bit behind schedule. When you think about Josh Jacobs and you look, I don't have the stat in front of me. I saw it on Twitter, and I actually found it online. In the percentage of games that Raiders, they win the game, it's like over 80% of the time, 80 or 85% of the time, Josh Jacobs scores a touchdown. And the Raiders look incredible this year. Josh Jacobs is starting to get healthy. He put up an average performance, and Kenyon Drake caught a couple lucky bombs out of the backfield for touchdowns. Kenyon Drake's performance has nothing to do with Josh Jacobs. Uh, 
underperforming him in that aspect. I think he's going to start rolling very soon, and I would buy. Okay. Uh, Clyde or James Robinson? Clyde. Clyde, just because of the uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, I think this should be a pretty easy one, but Clyde or DeAndre Swift? Swift. Swift. Um, This one's definitely close for me here, but would you rather have Clyde or Kareem Hunt? Clyde. That is a good question. Depends. Depends on context, but I'm just assuming your middle-of-the-pack dynasty team, I'd rather have Clyde. Give me Kareem Hunt. All right, then my last one, then I'll let you guys each ask one. Clyde or Javonta Williams? Clyde. Wow. I can't look like a clown. I, I can't let myself look like a clown when this gets exposed in like a year and Clyde's the number one running back. So like, there you go. Javonta. And then one more here. Um, Clyde or Chris Carson? Clyde. Easy. <sighs> yeah, give me Clyde. Clyde or Rashad Penny? What? Rashad, Rashad Penny should be on waivers. <laughs> All right, Peter, what's your question? Clyde or who? Uh, I said it, Rashad Penny. No, I'm kidding. Uh, would you rather have Clyde or Alex Collins? Alex Collins looks pretty good out there. <laughs> so what, Clyde or the Seahawks backfield? I'd rather have here, the Seahawks here. backfield. I got a question. Would you rather have Clyde or the 49ers backfield? Just whoever's starting that week. 49ers backfield. Yeah, give me 49ers. Big Al? Clyde or Antonio Gibson? Gibson. Gibson. I, I still have faith in Antonio Gibson. Yes. All right. We are going to move to Big Al's bust of the week. Yeah, this is a pretty easy bust if you watch any part of this game, but my bust is Jared Goff. Um, he played the Cincinnati Bengals. He was 28 of 42 for passing completion. He had 202 yards, one interception. He had one rushing attempt for one yard, a two-point conversion. And the final stat that I love is he had one throw away on fourth down. Sick. <laughs> If you watch this game, when he threw the ball away on fourth down and, and gave the ball to the Bengals, it was just an epitome of exactly how the game went for the Lions and just the season has gone in general. But he's had back-to-back weeks with less than 10 points as a starting quarterback against the Vikings, who don't really have the best defense. They've been better since last year, but they've been in a lot of shootouts and given up a lot of points. Nearly, he had, I think, six points in half-point PPR. And then they played the Bengals who Bengals have a great offense. We've talked about it. Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, everyone, they're kind of bringing it around, but their defense still isn't top tier. And when you have Jared Goff, who against the San Francisco 49ers, one of the best defenses coming in, had 28 points, and then he goes and has eight points, and he throws the ball away on fourth down against the Bengals. Yeah, you're definitely my bust, and I, I hope you pick it up against the Rams. Uh, really quick, let me just touch on Jared Goff right now. Uh, I, I don't think anybody had really big expectations going into the year, uh, except for the fact that, you know, maybe the Lions will be down by a lot and get to throw the ball. Something I will say, the Lions offensive line is probably, I wouldn't say top half, but an extremely competent offensive line. And Jared Goff still can't figure out how to get the ball to TJ Hawkinson or somebody else. Uh, I know Hawkinson had a decent game this week, but he's been pretty bad in the last couple of weeks. They have to figure something out or I'm getting ready to sell all of my Lions shares. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I think not many people own Jared Goff, obviously um, the coach is pretty disappointed with him, but I still believe in Swift. I still believe in Hawkinson. I do think Goff can put it together. And I think like from in a super flex format, at least 
I think Jared Goff's cheap enough right now where you can go out and send a second for him. And I think you can get starting quarterback numbers some weeks. Like I have no issue rocking Jared Goff. Um, his contract obviously stinks. Like he's, I don't know. I could see them cutting him after the season and him actually going and signing with a team or just having his career be done. But like you look at Jameis Winston, I feel like he's kind of on that same path as Jameis Winston, like struggles or whatever, but like was good at one point, like Jameis was, and then struggles and gets picked up by a new team, but the lions, you never know. I don't know. I'm still hopeful on Jared Goff, but the numbers and stuff that you brought up big outs, it's tough to go out and spend more than a second rounder on him. Yeah, and I'm completely hopeful for him, too. I want him to prove people wrong. I was high on him coming into this season and seeing him get traded to the Lions, and I know that in your heart, Max, you have a little special place for the Lions, too. So it's just I wish that he was doing better, and he definitely is talented. We've seen his talent. He's shown flashes of greatness, kind of like kind of like Sam Donald with the Jets, and now we get to see him with the Panthers. I don't think anybody's lost trade value faster than Sam Donald from week three to week six. Yeah, because they started playing decent teams, actually. This is true. Hey, look, the Jets always find a way to lose. Darnold was playing great. Wow, the Jets must suck. Darnold was playing bad. I can't believe they drafted him at three overall. What a clown franchise. Poverty, poverty. (laughs) Poverty, poverty, poverty. All right, that was our boom bust. I'm sorry we went a little bit over. We're going to be wrapping up the show real quick. We're going to fire through Mortal Locks of the Week, uh, and then we're going to get into our quote from a fellow monarch. So Jace uh, left us a little note. He said, sorry that his picks have been buns lately, but he's going to get back on the right track. He's thinking about doing like a little 20 or 30 minute episode, maybe on like Fridays or Saturdays, maybe even early Sunday release uh, for player props. And I actually wouldn't be opposed to that. Max and I will talk and we'll figure it out. But a player prop episode for betting, we'll try to get that out later in the week to you guys if we can, just a little 20 or 30-minute episode. But he says he is going to bet the Chiefs minus 5.5 at the Titans. He says, not a huge fan of the spreads. Sounds like everybody this week, the spreads are pretty bad. Uh, But he is going to bet on Pat Mahomes So and the Chiefs offense. Plus, it looks like there's going to be no Julio or Taylor Lewan. So Chiefs minus 5.5 for him on the spread. Now we'll go to you, Max. Uh, yeah, so my spread is the Browns minus three. Um, I think Denver's a decent team, but Thursday night at home, looking to rebound after that terrible performance, I get they're not going to have their running backs. Um, hopefully drivers can be back. I mean, you don't know, but I think, I mean, when I, when I think about it and I talk about it and the players that they're going to have, I think it's going to be tough. But I think if the Browns are going to win, it's going to be by three or more. Like, I don't think they're going to win by like one point. So it's basically yeah. like Browns over Broncos at home. I think I think this is a real loser leaves town game. I really do. I think if you guys lose to the Broncos, it's going to be hard to bounce back uh, with all those injuries and everything. But if you guys find a way to win on a Thursday night, maybe inspire some hope for the team and propel you guys forward. And I think if the Broncos win, maybe they can kind of flip the script on the season and say, hey, we beat a pretty good Browns team. Yeah, the Browns have had a tough uh, stretch at the beginning with the Cardinals, Chiefs, and uh, Cardinals, Chiefs, and who else did they play? The Chargers. They like to play the C teams, but um, it's been a tough stretch there, and I think they can bounce back. For sure. I think it'll be a big test for both of them. But my spread pick for this week is the Lions at Rams plus 15 and a half. And I know we were just pooping on the Lions a little bit, but I think Goff really plays to his competition. 
And with him returning to LA, the team that shipped him, the team that said, we don't want you, I think he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder and he's really, really going to play well. Jared Goff revenge game. It is a golf revenge game. When you gamble, you got to bet on the narrative. You really do. The (laughs) narratives exist for a reason. You always bet with death. This is another, this is another one. Shout out Pat. If Pat's listening out there in Delaware County, PA. All right. Uh, We're going to move into my spread pick. I have the Raiders minus three against the Eagles. I'm sorry, Mario. Close your ears. I really think that the Raiders, uh, they got sucker punched with the John Gruden stuff. They really did. And instead of staying on the mat and falling down and taking the 10 count, they got up. They're rallying behind their new head coach, uh, who is also a Paisan, just like myself. So I'm going to bet on the Italian this week, minus three against the Eagles. Eagles offensive line has looked kind of tragic the last couple of weeks, and a really big strength of this Raiders defense is their D-line. I think they will 100% cover the minus three. Yeah, they're at home. Um, we we went to the Eagles game this past weekend or this past week on last Thursday, and they Jalen Hurts from a fantasy perspective looked great, and he's someone that I love from a fantasy perspective. But they just their offense just wasn't clicking. They don't run the ball enough, and I just think the Raiders will be able to find a way to get it on. So I like that pick a lot, Peter. All right, so we are going to bounce around in the snake draft and go to my over-under, where I'm also going to pick the same exact game. I love the over of 49 points in this game, the implied point total being 26-23. I feel like the Eagles are going to put up the touchdowns that they always find a way to put up. Jalen Hurts will probably score two touchdowns like he does every every week on the ground. Uh, they will get their feed, uh, I'm, but beyond that, the Raiders, I think, are going to put up a number on that defense. The defense doesn't look too hot. The Patriots – not the Patriots, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Tom Brady. The, uh, the Bucks kind of manhandled them and, and got first downs whenever they pleased running the ball. And one big strength of the Raiders is that they have two great running backs out of Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. This is a must-start for Josh Jacobs this week. 100%. Big Al? I guess, well, we're going to kick it back to what we were first talking about with the Browns and Broncos. So I take the under, actually, a 43.5 for this game. I don't see the Browns putting up as much points or 43.5 without Chubb, without Kareem Hunt. And I don't really see this Broncos offense, who has been kind of, they've been good, but they just looked out of sync, especially these past three games where they've dropped, lost the last three games. And even though Colton Sutton's looking great, I just don't see both these teams putting up, what is that, 22 points each. So I think it, it could be tough. Like, I don't know. Both Broncos defense is good. Browns defense is pretty bad. I don't know. I, I think it depends on the weather, which I think in Cleveland it's supposed to rain. So I think that helps the under a lot as well. So I like the under there. Yeah, I like the under too. I don't think the Browns are going to do a lot of throwing with Baker's injury. So I, I and Teddy didn't look too great chucking the ball down the field. So he'll play a more conservative game. I actually really he's like the under. Too. He's injured too. So oh, we get a drew lock game. Oh dude. You know, drew lock case Keenum game. That could be an over game for looking. Oh at that. my goodness. If it's drew lock case Keenum, big Al, I'm sorry. I'm changing my over under the, to that. And I'll hit the over. I'm with you there, Peter. Uh, and then wrapping us up before big Al gives the quote, uh, my over under is the St. Seahawks 43 and a half. Um, I think that's just too low. I think the Seahawks offense, we saw it versus the Pittsburgh defense. They put up 20, and I think the Saints coming off a bye week, they're going to be hungry. They're going to have a good game plan. I think 43 points will easily be hit the over in this game, and it's on Monday night. So 
I like that one a lot. Do you guys like the over or the under for the St. Seahawks? I like the over. I do. And Big Al? The under, though. I mean, Geno Smith, I don't know. He didn't Geno really revenge him. game. He's going to be upset that TJ Watt punched the ball out. Geno wants revenge, bro. He's choked the last two games away. Um, and then the over-under for JC has the Bengals at the Ravens. He likes the under of 47 and a half. Um, it's a divisional game, two solid defenses. The Bengals run the fifth fewest plays in the NFL, and the Ravens have the highest run percentage in the league, so the time's going to be moving pretty quickly here. Um, Jace can see Baltimore dominating the time of possession and running a lot of time off the clock, and Bengals in the bottom or in the bottom half of the league for time of possession. So the last five matchups when Baltimore is at home, the unders hit four out of five times as well. And the last 10 matchups in general, the under of 47 and a half has hit seven out of 10 times. So if you're a betting man, that's 80% and 70% of the time the unders hit in this game. So the under is what Jace is liking. That's great analysis. Yeah. Only the best from the dynasty monarchy here. So we'll pass it to you though, Big Al, with your quote of the week. Yep. And Jace, you hit the nail right on the head. I think these defenses are going to ball out this week. But, okay, my quote, since the Polar Express has been such a huge theme. here we go. Let's go. huge, huge theme. And riding on the train, not bringing Jamar Chase, which you regret. Jamar Chase found his own train. He's already at the destination. He found Amtrak. Matt's wanting to be the conductor, and his favorite character in Polar Express, I believe, is the conductor. This quote comes from him, and he says, seeing is believing, but sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. And that applies to fantasy. That applies to God, not to get all spiritual. But fantasy, sometimes you just got to trust your gut. Sometimes it's more than just seeing. You got to believe in your players, and you got to go after the players you believe in. So. Oh, big Al. It wouldn't, me it wouldn't be an episode. You have to give us one. Now, your mic might explode, but give us a gut check. Come on. Yeah, just give us one. For the listeners, Big Al has a famous thing of doing the gut check, and his gut's never wrong, and this is what he does when he does the gut check. Sometimes you just got to listen to your gut, and it's the gut, 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 gut check. That's yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a beautiful quote, though, Big Al, and I think that you can apply that to fantasy. You can apply it to life, but trust your heart. You you know, maybe you'll see Clyde Edwards Lair as a 22 year old running back and you'll you'll want him, but maybe you'll also see oh he's just not been scoring the touchdown. So it's it's that's what's so beautiful about it. It's what the every eye sees it differently, you know. And like like you were saying earlier, like I won AJ Brown over CD Lamb, you know. So just to wrap it up, but I like the quote a lot, big Al. Yeah, thank you. I'd rather go out doing it my way and the things that I believe than looking at numbers three quarters of the time, even though the numbers are usually right. <laughs> Exactly. All Thanks right. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was a great yeah. show. Yeah. Great Shout out be. really quick. If you're betting with Peter, by the way, you're four and oh, and you're up three. Uh, I believe it's 3.8 units at this point. So keep in with Peter. I'm four and oh on these wow. mortal locks before we time I to just fade, had to, Peter. I had to jab that in there real quick. Uh, but thanks for ha- coming on the show, Pig Allen, being a replacement while Jace is away studying. You know, we wish him the best on these exams and his job. Uh, he will be back next week. You know, just a little filler Big Al episode in there to spice things up for the 10th uh, episode. Lucky number 10, Big Al's number. This is true. Number, baby. By the way, Big Al, we're going to be uh, referring to you about quarterback talent in the upcoming draft, being a former highly recruited quarterback at a Walsh Jesuit, uh, Walsh Jesuit High School, not university. 
So Big Al's our quarterbacks expert on the podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop that right now. I am not, I was not highly recruited. Oh, yes, he our was. Team, our team was one and nine. One win and nine losses. So take everything I say about quarterbacks with a grain of salt. Peter, I am not the expert. Mitch Trubisky lover himself. Alex, it was great having you on. Max, any final remarks before we close it out? No, Big Al did find Patrick Mahomes the year he broke out. So I'll give Big Al that. Yes, I did. And then I traded him, which was my mistake. To who, Big Al? I think his name was Max Zahler. Yeah. Well, you two, you two can go talk about it in a different room. I don't want to be here to talk about your little private conversations like that. I do have one more thing. Debo Samuel to the moon. I got Ugh. him for the cheapest price possible. He is, he is the man in San Francisco. He is a competitor, and I love him. He's my boy. Pass the That's going to be our show. That's going to be our show. Everybody, thank you for listening. Give us a follow on Apple Pod. Follow on Spotify, subscribe, do whatever you got to do to get us going. Shout out all those guys that uh, gave us a little bit of feedback, a little bit of, of love this week. Mike Chicken, Armchair, you guys are geez. Everybody else in the listener league is incredible. Uh, final note, RIP, uh, Brandon, now you colders. Feels really bad. Big Al, you were right. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.